Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing John chapter 4 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. So the news that I have for today um, is actually just a little bit more on the House of the Dragon. Uh, this one is actually brought to us by GamesRadar.com. So just some more news about it. We know that it's a couple years off of right now, but um, and we know what the premise of it. We've talked about that before. Uh, but some interesting things is that uh, so after the pandemic delayed the production a little bit, they're actually um, HBO is saying that it should be released sometime in 2022. So they've actually begun filming, from what I understand. That's exciting. Yeah. So they've actually started doing it, um, and then there's a whole other. Uh, there's actually a whole list of of people that are going to be in it now. I know that there was about three or four that we knew before. So who did we know already? So, um, the ones that we knew already um, was going to be, I believe it was uh, Hightower and Allison Hightower, um, who was going to be played by Olivia Cook, And then we also knew about the main character, um, who that was going to get played by but there's actually a whole list here. So uh, the recent casting we have, uh, and I'm gonna probably butcher these names, um, but Steve Toussaint, uh, Rice Ifans, Eve Best, and Son- Sonoya Mizuno have joined the project as well. Toussaint is going to play Lord Corliss Valerian. Uh, he's a powerful lord of House Valerian. Um, and so he's uh, the Targaryen bloodline, the Valerian blood- mm-hmm. bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's that is also the most notorious nautical adventurer in the history of Westeros. Wow. So that would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Um, and he had the world's largest navy at some point. So that would be kind of cool to see that on screen. Uh, Ifans is going to play Otto Hightower, uh, who is the Hand of the King. Um, and then... Uh, Best is going to play Princess Rhaenyris Valerian. Um, she's a dragon rider and wife of Lord Corlys Valerian, so the one we just talked about. Mizuno will play Miseria, and this is kind of cool. I thought this was a cool character. So Miseria is a woman who arrived in Westeros with nothing, but rose through the ranks to become the most trusted ally of Prince Daemon Targaryen, the heir of the throne. So that's going to be like a rags to riches story that's inside really cool. of it. Um, but we know that it's going to be Dance of the Dragons, right? So um, now we do know about Emma Darcy and Matt Smith, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma Darcy will play Prince Rhaenyra Targaryen and Prince Daemon Targaryen will be played by Matt Smith. Um, and then we knew about Olivia Cook as well. So And um, Olivia Cook, if you guys don't know, I don't know if you guys watch um, Bates Motel. But she was Norman Bates's friend in Bates Motel, and she's a pretty cool actress. Yeah. So that'll be cool. To and see her Damon in else. and, and um, Matt Smith, I believe he's from Doctor Who. Isn't that the the guy Matt from Smith. Doctor Who? I am not familiar with Doctor Who. I'm sorry for all my Doctor Who friends out there. <laughs> Let me look. Um. Yes. Yeah. He's he like, was he was Doctor Who, and he was Prince Philip in the Netflix series The Crown. Yeah. So he's going to play Damon Targaryen, and I remember we were watching the He'll stuff. He'll be good. Yeah, we're okay. watching the stuff, and Damon Targaryen is supposed to be, like, wicked. Mm-hmm. He's, like, one of the evilest Targaryens, or he's the most cruel. So um, 
So, like we said, it's going to be Dance of the Dragons, uh, which is most of George R. R. Martin's book, Fire and Blood. Um, they say that uh, these characters will play a major role in the events of House of the Dragon and even their lasting presence in the book. Um, it's likely we'll see them across several seasons. Sweet. Um, Didn't they order more than one season already, HBO? I think it's two. Okay. Um, well, for now, yeah. I'm, ho- I'm sure there'll be more. So the one that we did know about was Patty Considine. So that is going to be the lead. Yes. He's the lead character that we're following from the beginning. Okay. Um, and he plays King Viserys. The first. The first. So. I know there's um, a lot of Viserys's in Yeah, Game Viserys, of Targaryen. Yeah, it's well, just, it's yeah. a lot. Um, but I think it'd be kind of cool. That's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. And then, Noah Martin message this week. Um, one of his friends passed away that he wrote on his blog about. So, our sympathies go out to you, George. Yes. Um, some some people answered our, our questions this week. Woo-hoo. Uh, thank you, Emily and Hannah, our sister. And our <laughs> our loyal listeners. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the first question that we had was, do you think John was poisoned or died of natural causes? John Aaron. Um, Emily says that he was poisoned. That convo between Ned and Maester Picel is kind of solidified that, and I think so, as I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, it was very... Obvious yeah. after that. I and think. Hannah agrees with that sentiment and says, Poisoned faux show. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 It's way too sketch. Way too, like, convenient. Just plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as we know from the books, nothing is as simple as you think it right. is, right? Right. Um, so the second question is uh, Who do you think Pycelle truly serves? So Emily says, if I had to guess a house, I would probably say Lannister's. But honestly, I think he just serves himself. Yeah? Yeah. He's been around long enough to see a lot of failures from various houses. So he's probably over it and only looking out for himself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Agreed. Hannah says, Pycelle seems like he just serves whoever is going to be going to give him the most benefit. Yeah. He's so, pretty selfish in that way. Yeah. Uh, so if it happens to be the king, he serves the throne. But I could also see him serving a house, maybe the Lannisters, if that serves his best interest. That's a good point. Yep. Our third question is, do you think it is wise for Ned to trust Baelish at this point? So Emily said, I'm not sure. Baelish seems to take pride in the fact that he knows confidential information or secrets that give him some sort of power over people. I really like that. Yeah. He takes pride in that. Like, it's yes. his secret weapon, kind of. It is. You know, he he doesn't use it for his own... I mean, he does use it for his own benefit, but he uses it to hurt other people and gain what he wants. Yeah. Uh, she continues with, So even though he shares some of his knowledge with Ned, there's probably some things he's still keeping to himself to hang on to that power. So he just seems slimy or... In your words, sus. Yes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> sus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hannah says, Baelish is pretty slimy, yep. And anything he does is for his own benefit. So, no, I don't think Ned should trust Baelish. But maybe Ned doesn't know enough about him. So if Baelish is giving him helpful information, it might seem to Ned that he can be trusted. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust him, though. Yeah. Yeah. I just wouldn't trust anyone in King's Landing. They're all just looking out for themselves, Yeah. It's like a game of Survivor. You got to look out for yourself and make alliances, but trust no one. <laughs> I know they're watching. I, I know that they're watching Survivor, so yeah. it's funny. Um, it really is a Game of Thrones, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. 
It is, though. It is. It's all a game. But I agree with, I mean, I, I my sentiment on that one as well is Baelish is literally saying, don't trust me. Yeah, he legit said, he should said, you really trust me, Ned? He, he said that the the smartest thing that you did since you got off your horse, Ned, was not trust me. Right. Yeah. So, he legit yeah. just told him, don't trust me. But then again, is it like reverse psychology? I don't know. He's, <laughs> like, they said, like they said, he's slimy. He's slimy. You don't know which way he's going. Yeah. So thank you guys for answering our questions. Yes, keep them coming. Yeah. We like reading them. Um, so last episode, Ned was playing detective um, and did some interrogating with Maester Picel. He interrogated the crap out of him. Yeah. Um, he also learned about everyone's little spies, so all of Varys' little birds and how basically everybody in King's Landing has people watching everywhere. Reports to somebody. Yeah. Um, and then as he's returning to his chambers, he finds Arya um, practicing her dancing in a stairwell. And that was a cute little... Moment. Scene. Scene. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. Moment. Uh, so today we're in Castle Black, and John meets a new character, which we learn a lot about very quickly, mm. and a new brotherhood is formed, and one of the best characters, for sure. Yeah. Um, the wine that I have today, I'm not really sure what brand it is. The label literally only says, winter is the worst. Facts. Um, and it's a red. But it is coming. Yes. Well, for us, it's already here. Yep. I mean, looking out the window right now, full force. Yep. It's 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 here. All right. <laughs> okay. So the wine rule. We're gonna talk about two more wine terms. The first one is animal, Ugh. which I thought this one was really weird, but this can be a positive thing. So. The author says that animal wines smell like smoked ham, or it could also mean that they taste like a bloody twang like you get from, like, a rare steak. Mm. It can also be a bad thing, though, and <laughs> this is so gross. He said, the bad animal wines smell like sweaty horse saddle, Ew. which is a sign of bacteria, or wet dog, most commonly in corked wines. Hmm. And then the second one is rustic, and it means it's not polished, and it's kind of rough around the edges. So it used to be a very negative thing to say about wine, but now wine drinkers have more compassion for this, and its meaning has become more complex. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Guys, I'm very excited for this episode. Me too. This chapter is so good. Starting to get into some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This one and the next one you guys are just going to love. We're excited. Anyways. Let's get into it. So right off the bat, we meet another member of the Night's Watch that John is sparring with. Um, so I'm going to go into a little, just a little bit of detail because he's prominent in this chapter. His name is Darian. He is known for his singing voice and Alistair calls him Lover. He is an aspiring songwriter and plays the fiddle and wood harp and is described as quick but afraid of getting hit. And some say he has a loose tongue and a quick temper. Hmm. <laughs> So him and John are sparring, and John is kind of giving him pointers on how to fight well. So he says to spread your feet apart so you don't lose your balance, and pivot as you deliver the blow to put weight behind your blade. So I thought this was a cool thing to point out, because it seems like John is becoming a sort of teacher to his brothers, since his skill is sword fighting. Mm -hmm. And we know before that he was not very keen on helping his brothers, but that he, but that has seemed to change now, because he seems sees them more as, like, family instead of these strangers. 
and you you have to help your family however you can. So he's trying to better everyone so that everyone is stronger as a group. So suddenly, all the boys stop training and what they're doing as a new recruit joins the scene. And up comes a very fat boy. And John said that it is the fattest boy he had ever seen. And it said that he looked like he weighed more than 20 stone. So remember that one stone is equal to about 14 pounds. So that would make this guy about 280 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He had a large double chin, pale eyes that moved nervously as he looked about, a moon face, and plump, sweaty fingers. The new recruit noticed that everyone was staring at him, and he nervously spoke and said, "They, They told me I was to come here for training. He said this to no one in particular, just out loud, because he knew everyone was staring at him. Mm-hmm. Pip made an observation and said, he's a lordling, southern, most like near Highgarden. And Pip has a knack for guessing where you're from just by the sound of your voice. And he said he has traveled the Seven Kingdoms, so he just kind of knows this stuff just by hearing your voice. So they go back to describe what the boy was wearing. There was a striding huntsman on his breast worked in with scarlet threads. He has a fur-trimmed surcoat, and we're going to go into what that sigil is and who it belongs to later on in the episode. Sir Alistair takes one look at this boy, and he is unimpressed. He says, it would seem that they have run short of poachers and thieves down south. Now they send us pigs to man the wall. Is fur and velvet your notion of armor, my lord of ham? And we all know that Alistair loves to give out condescending nicknames to everyone. Um, yeah, and this, this is just the beginning. This does not stop for this poor guy. <laughs> it was revealed that this new recruit had brought his own armor with him. Padded duble, which is like a close-fitting padded jacket. And I looked up a picture of it, and it kind of looks more like a vest than a, than a jacket, but mm-hmm. it's like padded. Then he had boiled leather, mail, and a plate and helm. He even had a great wood and leather shield. And they noticed something, that none of it was black, which is the color of the Night's Watch. So, of course, Alistair had to comment on that. He suggests that he goes to the armory and re-equip himself and leave behind his personal stuff. So, then they go on to say that fitting him into new armor and stuff took nearly all morning. He was so big that they had to make custom fit stuff for him. And his his head was even too big for the helmet. Aww. His leathers were so tight on him that he could barely move. And when he was finally dressed, the book said he looked like he was about to burst because everything was so small on him. They said something about, like, it looked like he was an overstuffed sausage. Mm-hmm. About, like, Going about ready to pop. burst from its skin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he comes back to the training grounds and Alistair comments, Let's hope you are not as inept as you look. Halder, see what Sir Piggy can do. So that is the nickname that will stick with him is Sir Piggy. Or Lord P- or Lady Piggy. Or- uh, Lord of Ham, too. Yeah, that too. Yeah. But it's it all has to do with pigs. Pigs, pigs and ham. Yeah. So he sets Halder on this new guy, and Halder is was born in a quarry and apprenticed as a stonemason. He was sixteen years old, tall and muscular, and John says his blows are harder than anyone he had ever felt. So John was worried for him because obviously Halder yeah. is experienced, he's tall, he's yeah, ready to go and this he's guy is com- is fresh meat literally. <laughs> so when Halder was set on him it said that the fight lasted less than a minute. 
The boy laid on the ground, bleeding from his head and shaking, Mm -hmm. while he said, I yield. No more. I yield. Don't hit me. Um, And while he said this, the other boys were laughing at him. Sir Alistair commanded him to get back up and said, On your feet, Sir Piggy. The boy did not move, so he ordered Halder to hit him with the flat of his wooden sword until he stood up. Halder gave a small hit, and Alistair commanded him to hit harder. So he hit him harder, and the boy's leather split, and he screeched in pain. Imagine how much force it takes to split leather. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, That's how a do you, lot of force. How do you do that? <laughs> a lot of force. <laughs> so John started to kind of move forward to help him, but Pip put his hand on him and was like stopped him as he glanced anxiously, anxiously at Sir Alistair. So I think Pip was kind of worried if John stepped in, yeah. what Alistair would do to him. Don't get into this. It's yeah. not your fight. It's, not your fight. <laughs> just let this play out, yeah. please. <laughs> So Alistair continued to command for the boy to get up. He's just being ruthless at this point. The boy struggled to stand up, but slipped and fell as he tried to do so. So Halder hit him again, and one of the boys on the side, Rast, said, Cut us off a ham. I just, I feel awful. (laughs) John had enough at this point and yelled to Halder, Halder, enough. And Halder looked at Alistair, who said, The bastard speaks and the peasants tremble. I remind you that I am the master at arms here, Lord Snow. And then John came and knelt next to the boy and was begging Halder not to hit him again. He pointed out that the boy yielded and that there's no honor in beating a fallen foe. And Halder agreed with him and echoed, He yielded and was agreeing with John. Mm-hmm. Alistair was like, oh, look, John is in love, as John helped the boy to his feet. Alistair told John to show him his sword, and John drew it from its sheath, because he didn't want to piss off Alistair anymore. So Alistair said, the bastard wishes to defend his lady love, so we shall make an exercise of it. So he had Halder and two others fight against John, who was defending the boy. John instructed for the boy to stay behind him, and suddenly Pip and Gren came to the rescue and were standing next to John ready to defend him. The boys are and ready. the boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, oh, they're friends now because yeah. before yeah. They, they were, were just fighting. Yeah. And now they're like, I got your back. And now they're like, I got your back, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> so the they begin to spar and eventually John's team got the best of the others and the other team yielded. Finally, Sir Alistair called it a day. As they were walking back to the armory, the boy finally introduced himself to John. He goes, my name is Samuel Tarley of Horn. I mean, I was of Hornhill until I left. I've come to take the black. My father is Lord Randall, a bannerman to the Tyrells of Highgarden. I used to be his heir, only... And then John interrupts and says, I'm John Snow, Ned Stark's bastard of Winterfell. So, the boy is Samuel Tarley. You now have a name. Yes. So just a little bit about Samuel Tarley, because um, Chris is going to get into the Tarley house later. But um, as we've heard, Samuel is very fat with dark hair, pale eyes, and a large moon-shaped face. Um, he's fond of music and songs and prefers books over weapons and soft fabrics over armor. He is also a timid craven, which remember, craven is like a coward, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's afraid of blood and violence, and although he is insecure and awkward, Sam is observant and intelligent. Hmm. He is the eldest son of Lord Randall Tarley and his wife, Lady Melissa Florent. He is a recruit of the Night's Watch, obviously, um, and he is more popularly known as Sam and not Samwell. So, that is Samwell Tarley. Yeah. 
Yay. Nice. Yeah. Um, so Samwell gives John a nod and tells him that if he wants, he could call him Sam. Yep. Because um, that's what his mother called him, and that's what he is more commonly known as, as we just said. Yes. Um, and as Pip comes up to join them... Um, <laughs> I love this conversation. He says, you can call him Lord Snow. You don't want to know what his mother called him. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and John just replies, these two are Gren and... Pipar? Yeah. Pipar. Um, And again, here are the boys making fun of each other. He goes, Gren's the ugly one. (laughs) Pip says that. And Gren scowls and goes, you're uglier than me. At least I don't have ears like a bat. (laughs) Um, Sam, like, gravely kind of says, my thanks to all of you. Aw. And in a demanding tone, Gren asks why he didn't get up and fight. And Sam just replies that he wanted to. But he just couldn't. Um, he didn't want him to hit him anymore. He looked at the ground and he said to them that, I fear I'm a coward. My lord father always said so. Oh. So obviously, who just admits that? Yeah. Um, Gren looks thunderstruck and even Pip has no words and he had words for everything. What sort of man could proclaim himself a coward? Like that easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam, I guess, like, must have read their thoughts from their faces, which is funny because <laughs> if they're not saying it, their faces are showing it. Yeah. He's very observant, <laughs> like yeah. I said. Yeah. Um, and his eyes met with John's, but then darted away as quick as a frightened animal, from what John says. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be like I am. And then he walked heavily to the armory. Um, and John called after him and said, you are hurt. Tomorrow you'll do better. And Sam just looks over his shoulder sadly and says, no, I won't. I never do better. And John said that he could see him blinking back tears. It makes me sad. That little line that John said reminded me of uh, the water dancer. Cereal? Yeah. yeah. Where he goes, you didn't oh, catch yeah. it. Tomorrow you'll catch Tomorrow it. Tomorrow you will. Yeah. And John did the same thing. You'll do better tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so when he was gone, Gren just frowned and kind of uncomfortably said, nobody likes Cravens. I wish we hadn't helped him. What if we, th- what if they think we're Craven too? Um, and Pip just told him that he would be too stupid to be Craven. <laughs> 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 to which Gren replies, I am not. <laughs> and Pip just continues, yes, you are. If a bear attacked you in the woods, you'd be too stupid to run away. I love oh my this. Gosh. Gren goes, I would not. I'd run away faster than you. Nuh-uh. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Um, and then Gren literally stops, like, noticing that Pip has this, like, grin on his face. And then he realizes what he just said. <laughs> I'll run away faster than you. Oh, so you're going to run. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, and John just left them there arguing because he's he's too... He's too good for that. Yeah. He's above <laughs> it. Um, he, re- he just returned to the armory and hung up his sword and then stripped off his battered armor. Um, he then goes on to start thinking about how life at Castle Black followed certain patterns. Um, so the mornings were for sword play and the afternoons were for work. Um, the different brothers would set the new recruits on different tasks or chores to like learn where their skills lie. So they're kind of... I'm, I'm just trying to figure yeah. out what this means. They're kind of figuring out where they're going to belong mm-hmm. in the Night's Watch, right? Where What role they're all going to play. Right. 
I'm noticing a very militaristic thing. Yeah. So you have a commander that's very mean, and mm-hmm. so they all come together like against the commander, so that's how they become brothers. Mm-hmm. Then they find out their skill set of what they would do, kind of like a specialty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like we, I think we talked about this before, but yeah. it's a very militaristic thing to like to strip your identity mm-hmm. before right. you like that get too. into what your role is, and I think that's what. Alistair's role is here. Yeah. You know? So even though we're saying, like, oh, it was so mean for him to, say, keep hitting Sam, he's trying to, like... Toughen him He's trying to push him to be, you know, he's going to have to do this stuff. Right. So... He's trying to prepare him. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's being mean, that's kind of his job. Yeah. He's the drill sergeant here. Right. Absolutely. Um, So, John cherished the afternoons when he was sent out with Ghost ranging at his side to bring um, back game for the Lord Commander's table. But for every day that he spent hunting, he had to give a dozen to Noy... Noye? Noye. Noye. In the the armory. And other times he often ran messages, mucked out stables, or fetched... Fletched arrows. Question. Yes. Does this mean that ghost is like hunting for everyone? Is that what in a way, yeah. Yeah. That's kinda cool. Helping them at least. <laughs> John well yeah, John. With John, yeah. 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 So John's like hunting for food for everyone. Yeah. yeah. That's kinda cool. Um, so that afternoon the watch commander sent him to the winch cage. Winch cage. That's, a, that's funny to say that. I'll look up what that is. I'm pretty sure no, it's already... I'm pretty sure it's the elevator. Yeah, it's the oh, elevator yeah, yeah. that goes mm-hmm. up the wall, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So he sent him there with four barrels of fresh, fresh crushed stone. That feel like fresh crushed is a weird word to say. Fresh, fresh fresh crushed, fresh fresh stone for you. (laughs) Um, It was so the stone was used to scatter gravel all over the icy footpaths on top of the wall. So kind of like how we put ice out. Salt. Yeah, not that's what I meant. Um, salt out on the ice in front of our houses and all that. Yeah. So I mean, all over the it. roads and stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was lonely and boring work, even with Ghost along for the company, but John found that he really didn't mind it. Um, on a clear day, you could see half the world from top of the wall, and the air was always cold and bracing. Um, he basically just liked it because he could think here. Um, he found himself thinking about Samwell Tarly and, oddly, Tyrion Lannister. He wondered what Tyrion would have made of Sam. Um, and then he kind of remembers something that Tyrion tells him, and he says, most men would rather deny a hard truth than face it. Um, so he's kind of coming to the whole conclusion that we were just kind of saying, but, like, the world is full of cravens, who pretend to be heroes, and it took a queer sort of courage to admit cowardice as Samuel Tarley did. I love that. Mm -hmm. He's seeing, like, something else in Sam that no one else did. Yes. And I also want to go back and comment on what you said about Tyrion, because I know when Chris and I read it, we picked up, like, we were like, I think Sam and Tyrion would get along Mm -hmm. phenomenally. Yeah. And, like, I know, Gabby, you said, like, Sam needs someone like Tyrion at this point. We all need someone like Tyrion. Right. Mm -hmm. He's just so good at, like, figuring out the strengths of people like this. You know? Because he knows. Sam needs Tyrion. John needs Tyrion. Everyone needs Tyrion. Everyone needs Tyrion. Tyrion. Yep. We all need a Tyrion in our lives. Yeah, we do. 100%. Um, So it was late afternoon when he had finished graveling the pass. Um, His sore shoulder had made the work go pretty slowly. 
Um, so the evening meal was almost done by the time he and, he and Ghost had reached the common hall. Um, he noticed that his friends were at the bench nearest to the west wall and that Pip was telling a story using all of his many voices to play the people in his stories. <laughs> so he would make like women's voices and like all different pitches and stuff like that. Um, and John kind of thinks that, you know, he takes as much pleasure from Pip's antics as anyone else, but, but instead of going to them, he turned away and went to the end of the bench where Sam sat alone as far of the, uh, far away from the others as he could get. Um, so Sam's eyes widened at the sight of Ghost and goes, is that a wolf? (laughs) And John says it's a dire wolf. His name is Ghost. Um, the dire wolf is the sigil of my father's house. And Sam replies that his is a striding huntsman. There it is. Yep. Um, and John asks him if he likes to hunt. And Sam, like, visibly shudders and replies that he hates it. And he looked like he was going to... He looked like he was going to cry again. <sighs> I just want to give Sam a hug. Yeah. Um, John just goes, what's wrong now? Why are you always so frightened? (laughs) What's wrong now? Stop! (laughs) Um, Sam just stared at the last of his meal and barely shook his head, basically too afraid to talk. Um, and then a burst of laughter filled the hall and John just stood up and goes, let's go outside. Which I'm assuming he just thought it was like loud and like overwhelming. Yeah, and wanted to get him out of that situation. Um, so Sam looks up with his round face. And is suspicious and asks, like, what they're going to do outside. And John goes, talk. Have you seen the wall? (laughs) (laughs) Um, To which Sam goes, I'm fat, not blind. (laughs) How you could miss that. (laughs) How can you miss that? He goes, yeah, exactly. He goes, of course I saw it. It's 700 feet high. It's 700 feet high. Um, He stood and wrapped himself in a fur-lined cloak over his shoulders, following John out of the common hall. He was still wary, as if he expected some type of cruel trick to follow, um, and Ghost followed along with them. And as they're walking along, Sam just goes, I never thought it would be like this, and his voice is, like, steaming in the cold, because, you know, when you breathe outside, yes, yeah. you can see your breath. Um, and he starts saying, all the buildings are falling down, and it's so cold, <laughs> John asks. Um, John actually mentions that there's a hard frost that's, like, settling over the castle. So, obviously, it is pretty cold. Um, So, Sam nods miserably and says, I hate the cold. Last night, I woke up in the dark, and the fire had gone out, and I was certain that I was going to freeze to death by morning. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Um, John just replies that it must have been warmer where he came from. And Sam tells him that he had never seen snow until last month, which I thought this was... Poor, poor Sam. Yeah. I mean... He's just having a rough time right now. Um, he said that the men his father had sent him with were crossing the barrow lands when this white stuff began to fall that was like soft rain. And he said it was beautiful at first, like feathers drifting from the sky. But as it kept going, he froze to the bone. Yeah. Um, he said Sounds the familiar. men... Yeah. Exactly. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he said the men he rode with had crusts of snow in their beards and more snow on their shoulders, and he was afraid that the snow was never going to stop. <laughs> so, John smiled at this. I think it's funny, because, obviously, John's, like, used to the snow. I was going to say, he's, you know, used, to he's used to it. He's used to the cold. 
Um, it's like us when we talk to someone from down south. Yeah, exactly. Like, hmm. <laughs> it doesn't stop the no, snow. No, never. <laughs> um, so the wall loomed before them, and Sam asks, are they going to make me go up there? <laughs> um, his face curdled like old milk as he looked at the great wooden stairs. And he said, I'll die if I have to climb that. Yeah, it's 700 feet high. Yeah. Nobody climbs that. I would that. die. <laughs> I don't Same. think anyone's Same, climbing Same, Sam. Yet. Same. Yes. <laughs> um... John says there's a winch, they can draw you up by a cage, and Charlie sniffled and just replies that he doesn't like high places. So at this point, John's frowning, and it's just too much. And he goes, are you afraid of everything? I was like, he hates the cold. Yeah. He hates high places. Yeah. He hates the snow. Like, come on, man. Are you scared of everything? What's What, what do you like? Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, he goes, I don't understand. If you're truly so craven, why are you here? Why would a coward want to join the Night's Watch? So Sam just looked at him for a moment when his round face seemed to cave in on itself. Um, He sat down on the frost covered ground and began to cry huge choking sobs that made his whole body shake. Um, John could only stand and watch. And he said that like the snowfall on the Barrowlands, it seemed the tears would never end. (laughs) Um, It was Ghost who knew what to do. So, hmm. silent as a shadow, the dire wolf moved closer and began to lick the tears off of Sam's face. Oh. I think that's so cute. Um, the boy cried out, startled, and then somehow in a heartbeat, his sobs turned into laughter. So, that shows you. I think it's funny how Ghost, like, attacks Tyrion, and then Sam's crying, and he's like, oh. Oh. He's real nice to him. Yeah. You exactly. Are, you are a complicated wolf, aren't you? Yes, he is. He's very... He's got many layers. Yes, he does. Um, so as Sam's laughing, John started laughing with him. And afterwards, they just sat on the frozen ground, huddled in their cloaks with ghosts between them. Um, and John's told the, John told the story of him and Rob finding the puppies in the late summer snows. And before long, he found himself talking about Winterfell. Um, and he says, sometimes I dream about it. I'm walking down this empty hall. My voice echoes all around, but no one answers. So I walk faster, opening doors, shouting names. I don't even know who I'm looking for. Most nights it's my father, but sometimes it's Rob instead, or my little sister Arya, or my uncle. Um, the thought of Benjen obviously makes him pretty sad because um, his uncle is still missing. The old bear, which is Lord Commander yep. Mormont, mm-hmm. um, has sent out rangers in search of him it says that sir jeremy Riker had led two sweeps and corin 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 yeah. corin halfhand had gone forth from the shadow tower but they'd found nothing aside from the few blazes in the trees that his uncle had left to mark his way in the stony highlands northwest and oh i'm sorry hold on they had only found the few blazes in the trees that he had used to mark his way and then when they got to the Stony Highlands to the northwest, the marks had stopped abruptly and all trace of Benjamin Stark vanished. Mm. So, but I mean, they still haven't found like a body or anything. So I guess that's kind yeah. of good, right? Yes and no. We, but we know what's happening north of the wall. That's so true. I don't think they'll find a There's body. things out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so John says he continues on about his dream and he dreams of the crypt. Um, he's, you know, running through the castle, obviously, like he talks about, and nobody's there. And he goes to the crypt, and he knows that he should go down into the crypt, but he refuses to go down, go down there out of fear of what he might find down there. 
Um, and he goes on about how he pictures what actually lays in the crypt, which is these old kings of the north um, in stone with stone direwolves at their feet. Um, and John feels like screaming and he yells out, I'm not a Stark. I'm not a Stark. I don't belong here. I'm not a Stark. Um, and then he awakens and Ghost jumps to his side um, and his dream ends. And John comments that it's like a little embarrassing. He's like, I don't normally tell people this stuff and yet I feel like I can tell Sam it, which is odd, mm -hmm. I guess. So he's a little embarrassed. So then he asks Sam, you know, do you ever dream of home? Um, and Sam goes, no, I, I hate it there. I hated mm -hmm. Hornhill. Um, and so then he asks him, okay, well, you know, what about Hornhill? And Sam quickly replies, or Sam talks about, well, the Tarleys were bannermen to house Tyrell of Highgarden. So I'm going to go into there um, using the wiki here. So House Tarley of Hornhill is a noble house of the Reach and formerly uh, a vessel... It's formerly a vassal who swore fealty to House Tyrell of Highgarden. The stronghold is a castle that's called Hornhill, and the head of the house is called the Lord of Hornhill, obviously. So it would be Randall Tarley. So Randall Tarley now, yep. yeah. House uh, Tarley has a militarist tradition, so we're going to get into that a little bit, and possesses a Valerian steel sword that they call Heartsbane, and Sam actually mentions that in the chapter. Um, their sigil is a striding huntsman, red or green, um, and their house words are first in battle, which <laughs> is pretty cool. Wow. Pretty cool words. That is yeah. cool. First in battle. Um, <clears throat> so Sam talks about how he was the firstborn son of Randall Tarley, um, and so therefore he was the heir to his house. Um, and his father was extremely happy that he had a son uh, because he wanted an heir. But from the moment that he started to grow up his father hated what he had become so instead of growing up like courageous and strong and wanting to fight like first in battle he grew up fat um and fun is what i would call it yeah. um so he he enjoyed dancing and singing and reading books instead of fighting and learning how to do sword play and stuff like that so Sam's father tried every possible outlet to snap Sam into becoming the heir that he wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the things that he did were extremely bad. Um, and Sam talks about it here. Sam lists abuse, beating, scourging, and embarrassment that were all used to get him to be more like what his father wanted. So um, Sam said that he was actually forced to sleep in chain mail at some point. So it would soak in. I think that was the dumbest thing. Yeah. Um, and then another person dressed him up as a girl and paraded him through the streets just to try to force him to be courageous. And all this stuff that they did to Sam just made him more fearful and well, pushed him deeper into the way that he is now. <clears throat> so Randall Tarley, you're kind of a POS. Yeah. Yep. Sam even recounted, um, he like whispered, he's like, he even talked about this time two warlocks bathed him in blood of a slaughtered bull. Oh my god. To try to get him warlocks? Warlocks from Karth. So. Oh. So, like. Wizards? Wizards? Can I look up what <coughs> warlocks mean for this world? This world? Keep Probably talking. Um, yeah, so they actually bathed him in blood. Um, 
And all this did was make Sam more afraid of blood than he already was. Well, yeah. And um, his dad actually had the warlocks whipped because of that. Because it didn't work. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Sam's um, father and mother actually had two girls after Sam. And then finally his brother was born, Dickon. Yeah. Is his name. And... Dickon. Once, once, yeah, horrible name. But once he was born, his father just paid full attention to Dickon, trying to make him into what he wanted Sam to be. And turns out, Dickon was exactly what he wanted. Yep. Did you find it? I did. So, they're magic practitioners of Essos. Their center of power is the House of the Undying, home to the Undying Ones of Karth. Hmm. Warlocks are also said to be active in Ashai, where all religious and magical disciplines can be practiced with impunity. Um, they also said that they're kind of like alchemists mm-hmm. of the Seven Kingdoms. Um, their power and prestige has waned over the years. And yeah, and then it right here on the wiki it says, in an effort to <laughs> cure Sam of his timidity... His yeah. father used them to, what did you say? Bathe him in blood of a slaughtered bull. Right. God. Yeah, that. <clears throat> but it did not make him as brave as promised. Nope. And then after that, Randall had the warlock scourged. Yeah, that's what I was yep. just saying. Yeah. So. <clears throat> that's crazy. So Sam actually enjoyed this, that his father's attention was all on Dickon, because then he could read and do whatever he wanted, right? Mm-hmm. No more of this torture stuff. Um, so on Sam's 15th birthday, after he was thinking everything was going fine, he found that his horse was saddled and all his bags were packed and there was escorts waiting for him. So confused by this, Sam went and found his father who was gutting a deer at the time. His father told him, he goes, I, I have no reason to hate you or loathe you um, because of what you are, but I don't want you you are no heir of mine i don't want you to take this so you are going to go join the black you're going to go join the night's watch um if you don't if you refuse to join the night's watch then tomorrow when we're out hunting your horse will trip and you will die jesus and Basically, I'm going to kill you, right? Um, His own dad, like... In a a hunting accident. And not only did he threaten to do that... um, Not only did he threaten to do that, but he said... um, He he then, like, kind of... (laughs) He goes, well, your mother, you know, your mother has a good heart for you... um, I wouldn't want that pain on her of you dying. So, so basically saying like, you know, if you don't want to hurt your mother, then you'll leave because otherwise I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to read a little section there. He goes, so there is your choice. The night's watch. He reached inside the deer, ripped out its heart and held it in his fist, red and dripping. He said, or this. So there it is. There's your threat. So, Sam told this story to John just sternly and calmly. Didn't cry, actually, which is pretty crazy. He's been crying about everything else. I was going to say, he's probably numb from this. Yeah, and so they sat for a while. Uh, John kind of just soaked that in. He didn't say anything, so they sat in silence and listened to the wind. 
And John says, we should return to the Great Hall for cider or mulled wine and to hear Darian sing, whose voice is like honey over thunder. And Sam asked, okay, so if he's such a good singer, why is he here? Like, why didn't he, you know, what did he do to get here? And John tells the story about how he slept with a noble, noble man's daughter. And basically he said that the, the daughter meant to sleep with him, but like wanted to, like wanted to and helped him through the window. But then when the Lord found him, she went, Oh, he's raping me. So John also said, or we could listen to Pip sing, but his voice is more like piss over a fart. And they laughed. They laughed over that one. So we got Hunter. <laughs> what? Honey, honey over thunder. Hunter. That's a new one. Yeah, hunter. Honey over thunder. Hunter. There you or go. Or piss hunter. over a fart. Part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, Olivia. So they shared. They shared some laughter about that. Um, and Sam asked uh, if he'll be forced to fight tomorrow, and John said, "Yeah, every day." You're going to be forced Every to Every single day. So Sam decided, he's like, I'm pretty tired from today. I'm going to get some sleep. Um, and so he went off to go sleep. So John returned to the hall with ghosts, and the boys asked where he was. Um, and he said that he was with Sam. So they made some jokes about Sam, about like how he was a craven and everything. And John kind of put them in their place. He goes, this is how it's going to be. And the first one to fall in line was Pip. Pip had directly just John's back. Um, and then everybody else fell in line except for Rast. Um, and Rast said, I'm, I'm not going to not fight Sam. Like, I'm not going to, no. He goes, I'm going to carve off a piece of bacon is what I'm going to do. Jesus. So <clears throat> instead of, you know, arguing about this, later on, Rast woke up with Pip on his legs, Gren on his arms, and ghost on his chest biting at his neck till he agreed to do what he was supposed to do. Yep. And I think it's funny, ghost actually nibbled at his neck and didn't have to draw blood. And John commented that the next day he told somebody that, oh, I cut myself when I was shaving. <laughs> oh, yeah? Know? Yeah. Oh. I cut myself when I was shaving. It wasn't, you know. Oh. Yeah. No, it was, it was, a, it was a wolf. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Hello. So, uh, from then on, Sam was not harmed. Um, and even though Sir Alistair would get mad at them and call them, you know, cravens themselves or pansies or women or whatever he called them, um, he felt the need to, or they uh, did not harm him. So, every time that he would go for a fight or attack, they would just throw his jabs away or play fight or whatever. Um and so Sam slowly, you know, started to respect them because they weren't beating the crap out of him. Um, so he slowly actually started to join them while they were eating and became as just uh, much a part of them as Pip and Rast. So he was just, or Gren. So he was, mm -hmm. he was meant to be there. Yay. Yeah. So Sam actually went to John's uh, cell one night and thanked him and said, I don't know what you did, but thank you. I know you did something. So thank you. And uh, <clears throat> I thought this was great. He, he goes, I've never had a friend before. And John said, we're not friends. We're brothers. Oh, my God. How cute. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, so John kind of thought of, and Sam smiled and left. And John kind of thought about this, about how 
this new family was almost nicer to him or he felt more a part of it than in Winterfell with the yeah. Starks because of Catelyn, because yeah. of the way Catelyn made him feel. So um, he wanted so badly to share this with his Uncle Benjamin, mm-hmm. but he's lost. So that's how the chapter ends. Is him thinking and that's Sam, guys. That's Sam. He's going to be a big character later on. Yeah. So. so our discussion questions are, why do you think John defended Sam? I think because John himself was an outsider at one point, and he's kind of taking pity on Sam. Not even just pity. Like, he's straight up wanting to be his friend and wanting to defend him. Yeah. You yeah. know? Kind of taking so. him under his wing. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think it's just like a... I just think John's just a nice guy. Yeah. You know? Good guy, John. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, the second question is, why do we think... Or what do we think happened to Benjamin Stark? Well, that's a tough one. I don't know. He did. I don't think he's dead, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't think he's dead because they haven't found proof of that. But... but... We don't know. It's a very strong possibility, right? Like, like we've heard like what goes on beyond the wall in that forest, you know. So it could be a number of things. Maybe he's hiding. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he's a White Walker. Ooh. (laughs) Um. So the last question is: How do you think Sam will do in the Night's Watch, and will he find a skill? I, I mean, I think yeah. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, eventually. I think, um, you know, reading about these different skills, about like what John said, you know, where you could help out the maesters or you could help out, you know, somebody making food. You could help out. And I think he'll find a skill. I think he's going to have a hard time with the fighting part. Obviously. And I understand. Yeah. I see why they like, okay, every day they fight and then they go find a skill, right? Right. It's like you still have to be able to fight. Right. So I think that's what he's he going to have a problem with. But will he find things. a skill? Yeah. Definitely. I think he'll definitely find a skill. Yeah, for sure. Something he's good at. I mean, he likes singing and yeah. reading. True. Yep. So, we'll see. So that's all the discussion questions. Make sure you answer those. And let's see what your opinion is. Gabby? Tyrion tidbit? Oh. You're right. Um, so our Tyrion tidbit is half-truths are worth more than outright lies. I suppose. I was going to say. Um, it's like a white lie. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, Tyrion. All right. Make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media. You can find us on Facebook, um, Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast, or our Facebook group, which is Game of Game of Wines podcast group. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines 1, and also on YouTube at Game of Wines Podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Eddard Chapter 6, so make sure you read that chapter before next episode. Thanks for listening.